The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. I'm your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, and it's so nice to have you join us. Today, we're going to do another Clubhouse Room. I hope that you're enjoying them. This one is for the 22nd of October, 2022. In these conversations, we talk about so many of life's struggles. And as you know by now, if you've been tuning in, my moderators are amazing as are many of the guests that come up, well, all the guests that come up. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I want to remind you that I have a book out there called Take Control of Your Life, and it is helping people regain control of their lives. It is available on Amazon and in some bookstores, and I highly encourage you to get it. Christmas is coming up, and you may want it as a gift for your loved one or for someone that you really care about. Without any further delay, let's go to the episode on Clubhouse. We'll get started. It's at the top of the hour, and hopefully we will have other moderators join us. I know that Robert's unable to make it today, and Dr. Allison is in jail, and she's not going to be able to make it. Um, so we're going to proceed without them. And when I say Dr. Allison is in jail, I mean it, but she's there for work. <laughs> yeah. Let's do, let's do a GoFundMe to, to raise her bail. <laughs> no, as Paul, yeah, as Paul says, she's, she's there for work as, as part of her professional duties. So, you know, she's such a wonderful uh, addition to this room and just so brilliant. I, I'm, I'm sorry that we're going to be missing her today. However, I'm happy for the inmates uh, that get to work with her because she's that superb. And if you know Dr. Allison, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, King and I are, are in Toronto, Canada, Eastern Standard Time, but we welcome you from all across the world. So thank you for being here. You are in the Take Control of Your Life Club. And this is a club, uh, we started this about a year and three quarters ago. And it really is about taking control of our lives. We're, we're talking about negotiating our way out of self-sabotage. Self-sabotage is something that affects everyone. And in various ways, it could be that you feel like an imposter. It could be that you feel unworthy. It could be that you feel overwhelmed. We'll talk about all those things. Before we do, though, what I like to do is go through uh, my moderators. We only have a couple of here, but uh, if, we, if we're going to make it a short room, we're going to make it a short room. Uh, but we're going to try to get to each and every one of you if we can. At some point, we're going to turn off the hand raising. So if you want to come up on stage, I would do it sooner than later. Michelle has joined us. Welcome, Michelle. We're making her a moderator. So nice to see you. And I'm just going to pass the microphone off to my moderators for their introduction. And then once they're finished, I will give my monologue on what I believe self-sabotage to be and we're going to open it up to our speakers. So over to you, King. 
thank you so much, Paul. And yeah, well, welcome to everyone that's joined us here. And thank you so much for joining us in the Negotiate Your Way LSL Sabotage uh, Room. And my name's King, and I'm a social media and communication strategist. And so I help uh, small businesses with whatever communications needs they have, whether it be brand uh, branding on social media, uh, whether it just be, you know, marketing of a good or service or, you know, whatever. And so I help uh, them come up with the strategies and the execution of all that. And also, I'm also a travel influencer as well. So I will uh, help, uh, you know, just uh, teach people a little about uh, traveling and also to raise awareness of locations and places. And I work with uh, different travel agencies and tourism boards to help them do that as well. And so if anyone has any questions or comments around uh, social media communications or travel, feel free to reach out to me, uh, DM me on Instagram and happy to chat about that kind of stuff. And with that, Candice, if you are ready to speak, I'm going to hand the microphone over to you. So Candice. Awesome. Thank you, King. And uh, apologies, everyone, for my uh, low quality audio. I'm still in process of trying to fix it, but really thrilled to be here. Uh, my name is Candy Sexstein. I have a, a coaching and consulting practice. I worked corporately for 25 years and then opened up my own practice about five years ago. And I have a focus on helping leaders and employees with personal and organizational development. I'm certified both as a personal executive coach and a business leadership coach and have a high focus of emotional intelligence within my organization. I really am fueled by a passion to help people in a genuine and authentic way and recognize the importance of communication through honest and trustworthy conversations. And don't believe that life gives us do-overs. I think it's all about maximizing the next opportunity and just thrilled to be here to support and uh, add value where I can and to learn and grow myself. And with that, I'd love to pass it over to Michelle. Hey, good day, everyone. Happy Saturday. I'm so excited to be here. And I hope I'm not still on music. I just realized I was in another room where I end the room with music as well. So I apologize if I'm coming in. Uh, and my sound quality is off. So uh, I'm Michelle Geske, and I've been a transformational coach and trainer for the last 25 years. I've trained and coached thousands and thousands of people. Uh, well, I've done that uh, on weekends during the week. I did management consulting and strategic planning within organizations and brought my transformational context to leadership and uh, you know, to the organizations to help them break free of paradigms that they were blind to and support them to reach their goals. And so uh, you know, I'm certified as a number of different types of coaches you can find out in my profile. Uh, and really I'm here because I love people. I love people, I adore learning about people. And I feel every time I come into this room, I learn about people and I see the beauty of people uh, every time. And uh, I have some, I'll call it, you know, of my experience and wisdom that sometimes I'll add in if I feel it's wanted and needed. Uh, but I'm, I'm really here as a safe space and to add value where I can off of something that Paul shares. And, you know, so currently I'm leading a train the trainer for people who want to learn to become transformational coaches and trainers. It's going to start the week of November 8th. And so I'm very, very excited about that. The new group of students coming in are incredible. Uh, and uh, by day now, what I'm doing is I'm working with a company that's um, 
they're all veteran special forces people. And so I'm working with them, bringing vulnerability into the organization and helping them stand up the organization because they're just growing so much. So within, you know, growth, there are always breakdowns. And uh, so that's exciting to me. And so that's what I'm doing during the day these days. And I'm just uh, happy to hang around with you guys. There's always like a family here. And so I'm going to pass the mic back on over uh, to Paul and say, so happy to be back here. Uh, thank you, all, each and every one of you. I do have some great moderators and uh, more to come hopefully today, but we are going to work with what we have because they're just that amazing. Yes, hi everyone, I'm Paul Nadeau. I'm a former hostage negotiator, but I've had a really interesting career, had a really interesting life so far, and it continues to get that much more interesting every day. But one of the things that uh, my early beginnings were not that easy, and uh, I did suffer from uh, uh, physical abuse, mental abuse, and a number of other things. So if you are going to be talking about things that may uh, trigger other people, please give us a warning. I'm giving a warning right now if you want to step out uh, of the room for just a moment. Uh, I will very briefly touch on child abuse because that's when I suffered. I suffered low self-esteem, so I'm going to give you a moment uh, just to talk a little bit about what I've been through and why I'm here. So that's the moment I'm giving you. If you've gone, uh, please come back. But yes, uh, as a child, my brother Robert and I were severely abused by an alcoholic father who really did not know how to handle his emotions, his feelings, and consequently took out his anger and the things that had happened to him and his life out on us. And that for a kid, for anyone, let alone a kid, anyone, it can stay with you for a very long time. It can affect you for a very long time if you choose to have it do so. And I made a decision very early on in my life that those things that happened to me did not only happen to me, they happened for me. Because I remember at one point in my life looking up at my father after he had beat me. And I had made a promise that when I grew up, I'd become a policeman so I could arrest him and people like him. Well, my father never gave me an opportunity to arrest him. Um, and I won't tell you why, but because um, that would be another trigger. But I went on to become a police officer and I became uh, a specialist in certain areas. And I worked with the special victims unit, uh, dealing with people who had been molested and sexually abused and, and physically abused as children. I felt that I could contribute a lot in that area. Consequently, I was trained by some very uh, good people who knew how to reach those who had suffered and the things to say, the approaches to use. These have helped me throughout my career to, to develop uh, just insights into what works with people and what doesn't work with people. And so I, I became this hostage negotiator and I thought to myself when this wonderful application started, King invited me to it and I thought, hey, this is great. And then I started a room and invited King to join me and it was on negotiating our way out of self-sabotage because I do believe that we can really take control of our thoughts sometimes with the help of others, sometimes with the help of a specialist, but we really can do the work to change the mindset that we have, the mindset that is often one of victimhood, that we feel victimized from our past, or we feel that we can't handle certain things in our present circumstances, 
I believe that we can change the tune on that. Before we get involved in uh, this room, I just want to let you know that we are not going to be dispensing any type of therapy here. Uh, our information is coming from our experiences. And yes, we do have doctors who join us, but this is not a therapeutic uh, or medical kind of thing. It is coming from our hearts and coming from our experiences. So I just wanted to give that caveat before we start. When I look at what sabotage, if you take a look at the word um, sabotage in the title, negotiate your way out of self-sabotage. Let's just look at the word sabotage. What does sabotage mean? Sabotage in its definition means to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. It's a deliberate act. People go out and they sabotage something. They're uh, politically motivated, whatever it is. They go and they, they stop something or they damage something. They destroy something. And that is a deliberate act to prevent something from moving forward, from being built. They destroy something. That's a deliberate act. Self-sabotage, on the other hand, if we take a look at the word self-sabotage, self-sabotage. So we are deliberately damaging or destroying or obstructing something. What is it that we could be damaging or destroying or obstructing? Our thoughts, our happiness. These are things that we can sabotage. How do we sabotage? Well, we do it by entertaining certain thoughts, fears, or whatever it is that's holding us back from living the life that we deserve to live. But isn't it great to know that it is self-sabotage? And when I say great, because if you're doing it, you can also be the one to stop doing it. It's like a, a habit. If you're doing something and you know it's not great for you, you can always choose to stop the habit and to change the mindset. And to when we do this, when we change our mindset, we continually uh, do something, it becomes ingrained in us. New neural pathways get built in our brains and they bring along with them better habits, better thoughts. And it is sometimes a, a full-time job to do it until that point where it becomes that much easier. And I know that I had to do it because I suffered from depression at a young age. I suffered from low self-esteem, not believing that I would ever, ever amount to anything because that's what I be was being told. I was being told by my teachers, why are you here? You'll never amount to anything. And these were teachers back in the 60s, yes, but that was the way that they dealt with students back then. And I believed the lies that they told me. How many people have you believed in your past who may have lied to you that you weren't as worthy as someone else or that you would never amount to something? If you are still holding on to those things, it's time to release them because you can. You have the power of choice. Now, some examples of self-sabotage include blaming others when things go wrong. If you're the type of person or know someone who blames, points the finger. It's a relationship and it broke down and you're listening to this person and they're going on and on saying, well, you know what? It's not my fault. It's his fault or her fault. And that she would never do this or he would never do that. It's their fault. The relationship broke down. Not my fault. Or someone who leaves a job or has a difficult job and they always blame the others because thing things are not going right. Well, I lost the job because of all the employees. They were all conspiring against me. They always did something behind my back. They made me feel inferior. They did this. They did that. My boss was out to get me. When we blame others, when things go wrong, without examining our own behavior, 
we are really doing ourselves a disservice. Not everyone here is perfect. And I, I still have a difficult time to find the perfect person, but we were born to be as perfect as possible. We have to do the examination and the work on ourselves. We have to look deep into ourselves and say, okay, that relationship or that job didn't work out. What was I contributing to that demise? What did I do? And when we truly examine ourselves, as Socrates said, the great philosopher Socrates said, an unexamined life is a life not worth living. And really, I believe that it is imperative for us to examine the things that are working right and celebrate those in our life and to also be brutally honest and examine the things that are not going right in our life and to make those changes. So if it was a relationship that broke down and you really valued that relationship, be it a friend, be it a partner, then the examination comes down to what did I do? What did I say? How could I have done things differently? What must I do to become that great friend or to become that, become that great partner? What work must I do in myself to get that job, to keep that job, whatever it is? So blaming others when things go wrong without examining your life and what you did is an act of self-sabotage because it's not going to be getting any better. You're going to go to the new relationship. You're going to go to the new job. You're going to carry these feelings in. And guess what? Same thing. I'm no, I no longer have a job because they were all conspiring against me. And then it becomes this pattern. Not being accountable to yourself or to others is another act of self-sabotage. Making promises to yourself or promises to others that you don't follow up on. For example, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And then you make this promise to yourself, this is my goal, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And then you, you go into whatever exercise or new type of uh, well, eating habit that you want to develop and you drop it after two days. You're not accountable to yourself. So you'll continue being unaccountable to yourself or when you make promises to others, you don't follow through on it. That's an act of self-sabotage. It always comes back in a way that's not going to move you forward. It's going to keep you behind. Another one is choosing to walk away when things don't go right. That's very similar to blaming others when things go wrong. But when things don't go right and you choose to walk away, do you think it's going to get any better? If it's a relationship or if it's anything, but you choose, hey, this is too much here. I can't handle it. I'm just going to leave. Is that mess going to take care of itself? I'm going to suggest to you that it's not going to take care of itself unless you do the work that's required and you don't have to jump into it and, and figure it out all in one day. It might take some time, but unless you do the work, then nothing will change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Have you ever heard that? It is so true. If you don't handle what it is that went wrong uh, and, and make it right, it's not going to make itself right on its own. If it does, that is a miracle. Just count your blessings and go out and buy a lottery ticket because you deserve it. Procrastination can often be an act of self-sabotage as well. And this is because many times people look at that, that task that they have in its entirety and they think that's so big. I have to move this great big boulder and I just don't know how to do it and that's just too much work, whatever it is. You don't have to do it all at once, as I said a little bit earlier. 
There are great uh, videos out there, great books out there that can help you take it in small pieces and do one step at a time. Lao Tzu, who lived thousands of years ago, said the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. But I have added to that. The idea is that you take the first step and the second and the third and that you go until the journey is done. So don't look at that thing as being such a big thing. Look at what you can control in the moment and do that and just keep moving at it. It's like going to the gym. If you want that perfect body, if you want that strength and that health, you don't just do it once. You keep going and going and going and then you gain the benefits of what it is that you're after. The same is true with procrastination. Just do it a little bit at a time, keep doing it, keep doing it, and it will get done. And you'll get better at it. Uh, this idea of dating people that you know are not right for you. you. If you are a single person and you keep attracting these people that let you down, that cheat on you, that aren't that aren't supporting you and you keep feeling like you're dissatisfied, all these things, you got to ask yourself what it is again that you're attracting. And we are all energy folks. We are energy. We are these, these silhouettes of, of energy. Imagine this, every one of us in this room has an energy field in us and we send that out to the world. So if I'm a person, who doesn't believe that I'm worthy of attracting uh, someone into my life, a partner into my life that will be loving and great and supportive and all that kind of stuff, that list that you make in your mind or the one that you, you write out. If I don't believe that I'm that type of person that can attract this person, I'm likely to attract the person whose vibration is in line with mine. They don't believe much in themselves either. And so we're, our vibrations are going to link up. On the other hand, if I've done the work, if I believe in myself, and this applies to work as well, to a job, if you've done the work, you've looked at yourself and said, I am worthy, I am a good prospect, I'm this, I'm that, I'm doing the work, my energy is high, I'm gonna go out and attract that person, then that's the energy that you're gonna send out to the world. And believe it or not, that's the energy that you're going to get in return. So if you keep finding those people, attracting those people, start working on your energy, start working on your beliefs, start working on what you tell yourself and what you believe of yourself. Raise that energy. We get what we give, folks. If I give low energy, I'm getting low energy. If I give high energy, I'm getting high energy. This is what we give. Another one that people struggle with uh, that is an act of self-sabotage is afraid of, of opening their mouths, of stating their needs and desires. And, and this comes down a lot to a belief that you always want to please the other person and that maybe the other person is more special and that you're not as special as they are. So you're having a hard time telling people what it is that you want in family relationships. Maybe it's a father or a mother who say, I want you to be a doctor. I want you to be a lawyer. I want you to be whatever. And you in your heart want to be a musician. You want to be an actor. You want to be an astronaut, but you keep quiet. You might've mentioned it once or twice and they say, no, 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 but you accept them because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You want to be a people pleaser. And so you go through your life having trouble stating these needs and desires and keeping them to yourself. 
how do you think that that's going to work out for you in, in the long run? Well, King and I, when we first started this room, there seemed to be a lot of young people jumping into it, talking about that very thing. And a couple of the sad stories was, I have a friend who took his own life because of this, and it broke our hearts. There's people out there who are living unfulfilled lives because they can't state or they're afraid of stating their needs and desires with their friends at work, even in a romantic relationship. Imagine that, this dating idea. You attract the right person, but then you shut up because you're afraid that if you share what it is that you need and want from the relationship, they might run away. Well, better to open your mouth now than to live in a relationship unfulfilled and dishonest because it's an act of dishonesty when you don't share the truth. And this happens in all kinds of situations, everyday interactions too. Never be afraid of speaking up. You are as entitled as anybody to do that very thing. Another one is comparing ourselves to other people. Comparing ourselves to other people. Why do we do this? They're having a happier life. They're doing this. They're doing that. I'm not as happy. I'm this. I'm that. And then we start to just slap ourselves in the face. I don't know. When was the last time you slapped yourself in the face hard? Did it feel good? Whenever I've done that, it felt really bad. But this is what we do when we compare ourselves to others. It's like giving ourselves a slap in the face. If we're going to compare ourselves to someone, let's compare ourselves to the person that we were yesterday or three weeks ago or six weeks ago or six years ago. We're no longer that person if we've been doing the work. We may have hurt someone in our past. And if we have truly gone to them and asked for forgiveness and forgiven ourselves and then not repeated the behavior, then we are that much better. We are that much more grown. We are that much more educated. And we become the people that we want to become. It is a, a work in progress for many people, including myself. Every day I try to be better than the person I was yesterday. And that requires me comparing myself to me, to no one else, because I don't know what lives other people are, are living, their happy, uh, go lucky appearances on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook look amazing, but that's their life. And it may not be amazing. It may just be a, a great big, ah, uh, this could be a lie. They could be living a very sad life. And a lot of people who post all these happy things are people who are really broken inside. So don't compare yourself to anyone but yourself do the self-examination and say, okay, I need to be better than I was and never to repeat that bad behavior again, because I can't, I can choose not to. Another one is blaming and shaming ourselves along with this. When we blame, oh my goodness, I hurt that person and I just feel just broken. I, I hurt my child or I hurt or I did this, you know, five years ago, or I did this six months ago and I, I should have been this and I could have been that. Well, shouldas and couldas are blaming and shaming ourselves, and we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it if we are truly, as I said, repentant of the things that we are, we've done to perhaps harm another person or hurt another person's feelings. We've got to go and ask for that forgiveness. And then we really got to forgive ourselves because we are not the perfect people um, all the time. Sometimes we are going to do human things and they're going to hurt other people. Let's strive not to do that again. So what 
what good is it to go back and blame our, and shame ourselves, to relive in the past, to feel bad about something that happened in the past? If we do it, we do it for a very short period of time so we can fix it, and then we don't go back and blame and shame ourselves. We're not those people anymore. We're standing on the shoulders of those people. Remember, you're not the person that you were yesterday, six years ago, 15 years ago. Why blame yourself for something that happened way back then? You're blaming somebody else. It's not you. Your skin's changed. Everything's changed. Another one's putting yourself down, and this is a big one. This is where someone disguised in your voice comes into your head and says, you're not worthy. Why does this always happen to me? <laughs> I, I can't do anything right, so why should I even give it a shot? I, I'm not worthy of this, this job or this relationship or this life. I'm going to self-medicate. I'm going to take drugs. I'm going to take alcohol. This is the only way that I can escape my life. Well, it's not. When we start listening and giving in to the addictions or to the substances or to the thoughts that our, our minds are trying to trick us into believing, then we are self-sabotaging ourselves and we are, we're, we're tampering with our mental wellness. That's yours. That's yours to take. Don't listen to the lies of your head that tell you that you're not worthy and that you can't get out of the hole. When you start hearing those voices, it's almost as though you're digging a hole. Imagine you're in a hole in the backyard, you've got a shovel, and you're digging away. Little voices are saying, you can't do this, Paul. Well, there's no way you can, you, you, you can get that job, or you can get this, or you can get that. And I'm listening to that, and I'm doing the digging, and I'm getting deeper and deeper into that hole until I stop and I say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to listen to you because you're lying to me. And I will call my little voice, that self-sabotaging voice, I'll call him Bob, give him a name. And I'll say, Bob, you're not welcome here. I'm dropping the shovel because the more I listen to you, the deeper the hole gets for me to climb out. So I'm dropping it now and I'm climbing out of the hole. I'm changing my environment. I'm changing my mindset. I am not a victim to you and I am a survivor and I'm going to do what it takes to make my life into one that I truly enjoy because I can. And that's my message uh, for today. There's so much more I would like to say on the topic, but we're going to open it up to our speakers. And before we do, I'd love to invite uh, Well King to reset the room, and then we'll get started with Peter, our first uh, speaker. So thank you. Over to you, King. Thanks so much, Paul. Great introduction as always. And welcome and thank you to everyone for joining us in the Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage Room. And of course, this room is hosted by the Take Control of Your Life Club. So if you haven't already joined us in that club, make sure you click on the uh, greenhouse above my head and join the club. And also, when you're a member of the club, you can also invite other people to join the club as well. So um, make sure that uh, you spread it around to anyone you think might uh, find it beneficial. And of course, anyone that does want to come up and join us on stage, you can just raise up your hand and we will bring you up here uh, as soon as we can. I do encourage you, if you are thinking of coming up on stage, to raise your hand and get yourself into the queue as soon as possible because we will be turning off hand raising as soon as we think we have enough people on stage and we do try to make sure that the rooms go no longer than two hours and today's actually might be a little bit shorter so uh, just uh, make sure that you raise up your hand and just to get in the line and of course we are here every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern time and um, we have been doing this for we're getting almost two years now so thank you uh, 
to everyone, all the speakers and all of our mods for making this an amazing, amazing room. And of course, if you aren't able to join us on stage, the room chats are open and will remain open for the entirety of the room. So pop any questions and comments that you have in there. And just to remember for the room chats, is uh, it's, a, it's a place just for discussion around the uh, subject of self-sabotage and not a place to advertise anything. And so any promotional messages will be immediately removed and you may also be removed from the room as well. And one final thing as well to anyone that does want to come and join us, just make sure that you do have something written in your bio and ideally a social media account attached as well, just because we do want to make sure that you are a real person and not someone that is here to disrupt the room because we do try to keep uh, the room as safe a uh, place as possible. So just remember to have something included in your uh, bio so that you do look like a real person, but otherwise raise up your hand, all are welcome. And uh, finally, uh, just, uh, you know, while you're here, make sure you take a look around the room, look to your left, look to your right, look above you and read everyone's bios. And if you see someone whose story resonates with yours, give them a follow. I mean, you can obviously start with the amazing people up here on stage with the speakers and the mods, because once again, Clubhouse, you know, looks at the the rooms you go into, the people you follow, the things you interact with too, uh, and the algorithm uses that to find things to suggest to you. So if you're going to, you know, give, give the algorithm a hand and make sure it suggests things that are valuable to you. And also it gives you a chance to, to connect with, you know, people that are like-minded, people that might, you know, add value to your life. And also make sure you follow them off platform as well, like on the Instagram and Twitter. Once again, it just gives you a chance to strengthen that uh, and develop that relationship and also get to know, you know, the different sides of people uh, besides just the one that you see here on Clubhouse. It's always nice to be able to get someone, uh, get to know someone on a slightly deeper level. And so with that, I'm going to hand things back over to you, Paul, to get us uh, underway. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, great uh, reset as always, King. Uh, Dr. Norman has joined us and uh, I'm sure Peter won't mind if we get an introduction from Dr. Norman, then go to Peter. Hello, Dr. Norman. Welcome. And perhaps Dr. Norman has. Yeah, I'm, here, I'm here. I'm here. Hi. Awesome. Hi. 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 Um, nice to be here. I'm sorry I came in late. I'm having a busy morning with some patients, but stay as much as I can. And uh, always a pleasure to be with my, uh, my 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 clubhouse family and colleagues. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Norman. It's always a pleasure to have you and uh, just your your great wisdom uh, and contribution to, to this room is just absolutely wonderful. So thank you for being here. Peter, welcome. Good to see you. How are you doing, sir? Good as God, Paul. Can you all hear me now? Yes, sir. I, I got some new, uh, very good. Mate, got a whole new team in my organization. Someone professes to be a neuro-linguistic programming expert. It just upsets the team. And this will be real quick. This will be real quick, Paul and King. Um, just upsets the team, but doesn't upset my team, which is five people but upsets, upsets more people, and I'm trying to manage that. That's all. That's all. I know it's a bit vague. What do you think? 
I think you can only do what you can do. Um, it, you know, people are going to come into an organization with their beliefs, with their thoughts, and they may rub us the wrong way. Uh, I, I certainly have run into that in my career before, and I, I either keep to myself or as a supervisor, which I was at one point, I had to address certain behaviors that uh, some people underneath my command were, were doing. But um, for the most part, I think that if we're not directly affected by something like this, um, we just have to put, put up with it if it doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, that's my thought on it. Paul, can I be direct? you got to be. This person is pissing me off. And you know my background being Australian Army, and I just go listening. And she's testing the rules, the business rules that we have put in place. And then she tests the business rules and said, no, it could be else. It could be better than this. I went, no, we put business rules in place because it works. And she wants to test the business rules. And, and old mate, she's pissing me off. And that's where I get angry. Gotcha. You, okay. L let me address that, Peter. Okay. Nobody can piss you off unless you give them the express permission to do so. We allow the words of other people or their actions to affect our emotions. And sometimes we draw that. We, we actually relate it to something that somebody else has done in our past or to something that uh, we've experienced in our past. And it may not be the same words, may not be the same actions, but we're associating it to something that hurt us in the past. And so this causes the, the reaction of anger or be feeling pissed off. But that's a choice that you're making. You don't have to. You don't have to be affected by her, and it's not easy, I, Peter. I'm not saying that you can, you know, flip the switch and then all of a sudden you don't feel annoyed. You may, but you can control that annoyance and the way that you respond to it. You can choose not to react. You can choose to respond, and maybe one of the ways in responding is to be inquisitive. Why are you doing it this way? Uh, please help me understand. Whatever it is, the conversation is, but know that you are in control of your emotions. You are in control of what you allow her to get through your skin. I'm going to turn it over to King in just a moment. But we have this, we have this way of choosing what other people say to us to be harmful, to be degrading, to be whatever. Or we have this way of just listening to it, taking a moment to say, wonder where that's coming from, or I may not agree with it, but I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm stronger than that. And I know that you're, you come from a military background. You know what it's like to stand uh, in, in the face of something that, that could be harmful, and you have that courage to, to just move forward because that was your job. It's our job in this world uh, to, to be our own guardians, so to speak, to not allow the words or actions of others to bother us. Uh, we will question them. Certainly, if it's someone really close to you and they say something harmful, it's usually a transference of pain that they, that they have that they want to transfer onto you for whatever reason. But you don't have to take it. 
You don't have to feel that way. And Peter, a conversation, just, you know, pulling this person aside, perhaps, and just saying, uh, I'm, I'm having uh, difficulty understanding and please help me to understand why and just keeping an open mind. I don't know. These are um, a couple of my thoughts. King, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, Peter, a uh, quick question for you. Are you the one that that developed these business rules and are you the one that uh, is responsible for enforcing them? You may have just stepped away, but I'll, I'll clarify why I'm asking this question is just because I've had situations with colleagues as well, too, where people saw certain business rules. Oh, sorry, Peter. Are you able to I see you on mic, but I don't hear you currently. I can hear him. Oh, maybe it's just. Hi, Peter. Why can't I hear I can't. I can't hear him. Yep. You got me. Oh. Yeah, now, now I can hear you. Yeah. Go ahead, King. So, Peter, I was just wondering, are you the one that developed these business rules and are you the one that's responsible for enforcing them? I, that is a solid copy, King. I'm trying, this new person is, professes to be an NLP expert and a kinesiology expert, and I'm questioning that. So when I lay down the rules, I am constantly questioned. Okay, uh, and that's fine. Um, what I, in my just from my experience, I had someone who also, you know, sure, you know, they probably, you know, are the expert in a certain area. But once again, there's always things where certain things happen in a textbook differently than they happen in real life. So, so you can't properly, you can't exactly pull something out of a textbook and apply it in real life because there are business, there's things that happen in real life that change things. And so yeah. what I was thinking is that if you aren't the one that developed the rules and if you're not the one that's enforcing them, tell that person, hey, you know what, maybe you're right. Maybe there's room for improvement. Go take it up with the person that develop the rules, go take it up with the person or the department that is responsible for this because you have no control over it. You can't give her permission to change the rules and to bypass the rules because that can get you all in trouble. So direct that there's basically it's, it's, it's a way of always deflecting them away from your sort of, you know, uh, make them your, someone else's problem, I guess. But really what you're actually doing is you're helping them out. If they really do want to change these rules, see, now you're an ally. You're like, you know what? Maybe you have something here. I don't know. You're the expert, right? So go take it up with whoever because I can't change it here. But, you know, Bob over there, whatever, it, it, you know, can't, you know, in the, you know, business processes <laughs> department can change it. So go be his best friend and, you know, scurry off. That way you're not in conflict with them. Almost sounds like you're trying to help them. Uh, and no, it's someone else's problem. I don't want any conflict, but for me, it's hilarious. Like, I've laid down the rules or these new people want to go, oh, 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 we could do it better. But no, in, in our business, I said, well, this is our best practice. But they said, well, I'm going to do it this way anyway. It doesn't matter. So I said, all right, you know, 
when when stuff when when there's a mistake <laughs> and Paul um, like I deal with trainers and we deal with first aid training and that sort of thing they want to uh, reinvent the wheel so I said all right you don't want to take my best my best interpretation my best experience and you'll go and do it your own way all right when it when it screws up don't come complaining to me so so king paul uh, i'll just let it we go have michelle. Uh, we have uh, michelle peter peter we have michelle uh she wants to add something there hey my mate michelle. hi peter <laughs> The Melbourne I, Football Club didn't win the grand final. No, not again. If it's not one thing, it's another. It's raining cats and dogs. <laughs> but <laughs> And but, the cats know. won the grand final. <laughs> I know. But listen, I'm you know I'm sorry to dump I'm sorry to dump. No, this is night. I Peter, you know, this is the thing. It's like if first of all, like I would feel like the room wasn't the room if you weren't here because you're part of our group you know the same way uh, you have a group thank you thank yeah, you yeah it's so true and we we you also have a group at work and you know there are certain like rules set and unsaid and teams have certain requirements and the ones that are unstated sometimes are the ones we step on it feels like a boundary is being crossed and mm. i can tell you that that happens, you know, in a way we get even protective over what we know um, and we don't realize I, it. I and, feel disrespected, Mish. I yeah, I hear like that. It sucks. Coming in like, all right, I'm a NLP practitioner. Well, I walked on fire with Tony Robbins in 1992 <laughs> in Sydney and it didn't make a Really. You know, well, you are a braver man than I because, you know, okay, say, so first of all, I'll just tell you this aside, and then I want to get back to my point to really support you. Um, Thanks, uh, you know, Mish. I've never been to a Tony Robbins training, I've never walked on fire, but I've walked down the streets of New York City my entire life. I get some bonus <laughs> dollars for that. Um, and so, what I'll tell you is teams go through these different stages, and um, it's this guy named Bruce, Bruce Tuckman came up with it and it's called forming, storming, norming, and performing. And if you're in the army, you guys may already know about this. So I may just be kind of like making your brain go, Oh yeah, but with, this is what happens. So here comes this woman, she walks in and you know, you can't just switch on teamwork and, and it takes time for a team to gel and even to work to its fullest potential. And team members go through these different stages that I was just telling you about, and she's doing yeah. this. So let me tell you what she's doing. So yeah. she comes in and there's a song from, um, I think it was from Sesame Street when I was young. And it was this little song that said, one of these things is not like the other. One of these <laughs> things just doesn't belong. And and that's really kind of how she's going to feel because she's outside the circle and she uses the NLP. Oh, I love that word. Circle. Yeah. She, 
she uses the NLP as a way to add significance, to say, I have something that's here to help you guys. She's using it as a peace offering to try and be a part of the herd. Because remember, we are all one big herd. And if we go back to caveman times, she doesn't want to be left out of the cave without fire and without like the warmth of other human beings. She knows it's critical that she has to belong. So she's coming in using the only way she knows. She thinks she's bringing power through authority, but really what she needs in this case is power through influence. And she's coming in under this thing I was telling you about, about forming, storming, norming, and performing. She's walking yeah. through the door because she's not sure how she's going to fit in. She's not really sure, even though someone may have told her what your team's purpose was, if that really is the purpose. Because sometimes management thinks the team is up to X and it looks mm. like they are, but really the team has some kind of like grounding in survival that they've found a way. So she's, she. So she's coming in like, I don't know. So she might have anxiety. Um, she probably also had some curiosity, but she's looking to like figure out how to have the team get into a direction where she can be a contributor. The problem yeah. is what she did is she pushed against the established boundaries. So Thank when your you. team- Thank you. Yeah, when your team formed, you guys coalesced and came up with these boundaries and she came in pushing against it. So that's the storming stage. So there's friction and conflict among the team members and you're not really sure of her true character yet or her real preferred way of working because she's still instigating. She's not doing it to make anything wrong. She's doing it to survive and she's hoping Phoenix trying to get me. She she's hoping that you guys think she's smart enough to belong, and so it's so frequent that people clash with each other at this stage because she's going to challenge authority, and and she may not know who really has authority. So you may feel like you have some sense of authority because you've bought in, you've been playing by the rules, you conscripted, you 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 are a part of this rule right you're of doing things and so for you you kind of have to separate yourself your ego out from that to say okay she's just looking at the whole thing it's not personal and she and we don't have to worry about her being left unchecked because we can do something which is you know in this tension come up with a plan to communicate with her so meanwhile you went from Forming when she popped in and didn't know how to do it. Now you're in storming because there's all this kind of like unrest and feeling vulnerable and feeling like frustrated and angry because suddenly, and in a way it can feel like a violation, not the truth, but it can feel that way. Then what yeah. will happen, Peter, is it's just, there's no way to avoid it, unfortunately. So are you ready for this? Your team's, gonna, your team's going to norm. So even though you're in the storming phase and 
let's just agree it's possible that everybody might kind of like the storming phase because we're all so used to being in chaos. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Misha, I'll give yeah. you a break, a break. We just moved our whole headquarters to a new building and it is in chaos. The, the IT is getting worked out, so that must be a contributor to where we're at. So. Totally. So now I now I hate to say it, but what's going to happen eventually, and she'll be a part of it, <laughs> is you guys are going to go back to normal. And what that yeah. means is how you'll know it is if suddenly you maybe even begrudgingly at the beginning, you know, be, be like, oh, yeah, she did have a point there. You know what? That is the yeah. start of normal. Uh, it, but we, it, and, we, we, there was just a few blokes having a chat on Friday. I go to the new HQ every Friday in Melbourne, and I'm based in Ballarat. And she just broke in, like, you know, we're having a little alignment meeting with a few blokes, and she said, oh, you blokes are talking shit. I'm going to break in here now. I went, what? No. But we'll work that out. Thanks, Michelle. You yeah, you're, you're welcome. And I know you will because I think you just love people, actually, is your problem. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and I know. Stop it. Stop it. I love it. But, you know, it's it's so true because you come here every week and I can tell your heart. And it's just, you know, like when people surprise us, we just go into, um, you know, our old patterns. And the blessing is, is that you're a freaking grower. You're a learner. You're like, come in here and you bring did the you stuff. Freaking? I did. I did. I know I'm breaking out of my shell. You're hearing me in my Saturday morning mood. Um, and I'm sharing that with you because I think Thank that you. she is just, she is your next ladder on your climb to freedom, like from suffering. And, and if you will train her. Okay. Uh, See, (laughs) and, and this is the most (laughs) awesome thing. Um, because that is a total shift in where you came in. And so, you know, I just think it's, you're going to eventually then get to performing and, and that's just going to be stellar because um, she's going to learn stuff from you as well. You know, she she well, doesn't. I think she knows she doesn't know. You know. Well, well, I've got to teach my boss David as well. But that's why I come to you people. Thank you so much with all my heart, Paul, King, Michelle. You're you're all over the world, and I said, oh. They went, well, what is your plan, Peter? And I said, oh, I'll come back to you next week with a plan. It's all good. Thank you so much. You Michelle are so... in New York. Yeah, Michelle oh. just rocks it. That's why I put the superwoman up there. Um, yeah, Michelle <laughs> just rocks it right up there. So, Peter, thank you so oh. much. You brought a, a really interesting conversation up. 
And uh, I, I trust that everything that's been said, especially by Michelle, has been very, very helpful. And we'd love to hear how this goes. If you can keep us uh, posted can, on. Come, come back to you next week, mate. You bet. You hand it over to the next people. You bet, brother. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Just going to move you right back into the audience there. But thank you and, so much for coming. And, and I, I'm playing the song in Ballarat. So, um Enjoy yourselves, guys. You as well, sir. What a great conversation this is, and it's so very true. Somebody can come into the mix, and then <laughs> things start to to elevate and to fall apart. But, Michelle, I really loved what you had to say, uh, this progression, and it's so true. A lot of people may be facing that. One of the things that came out in the conversation, though, is how we – it's our perception, uh, how we perceive things. And, and some people may not have the intention of coming in and, and feeling or see, being seen as a bully when uh, we see them as, as such. It's our perception sometimes that we need to, we need to kind of step away and kind of you know, take things easy. Um, that's all I wanted to say about that, but it's true. Uh, one of the things that was said is that uh, when people are pissing you off or when they say something that may uh, feel hurtful, remember it's you giving them permission to piss you off or to hurt you. It's a choice and we don't have to be pissed off or we don't have to be hurt by what people say. We can be responsive. We can respond and kind of wonder where that's coming from or open the channels of communication, start a dialogue uh, and, and make some inquiries. Uh, King, great response, uh, and Michelle, beautifully done. So thank you both very, very much. And uh, Michelle, could you reset the room before we go over to Dr. Amy? Absolutely, Paul. So, um, hey, thank you everyone who's in the lounge here with us and the speakers that are have been up on the stage and that are on the stage now. Um, and welcome, welcome to this amazing room, which is the Negotiate Your Way Out of Self-Sabotage. And I think people don't even like to say that word, you know, and it is a mouthful, but it is really negotiate your way to freedom and empowerment. And so that's why this room uh, has been here for well over a year, why it usually rocks a full house and why so many people have so much um, to share, to bring up as questions, to wisdom, because all of us is, have been through one type or another uh, self-sabotage. And so let's all um, break free of those chains in here. And you can do that by clicking on the little green clubhouse up top to join the club, which is the Take Control of Your Life Club. And um, if you've already joined it, would you click on it now with me and just invite some of your clubhouse friends? You can invite some who are online and even those that are off. They'll get the notification and they'll have an opportunity to join too so they can come in when you're in and also they can contribute because we're looking to grow this community and we really want a depth and breadth of perspective and experience here. And um, just know that this room was started by Paul and King and that they've been committed to this conversation about how self-sabotage impacts us as human beings and the world around us. And they are gonna to continue to be here with me and Candace, Dr. Norman when he can, Glenn, uh, Dr. Allison when she's available every Saturday from 12 till 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
we love having people here. We bring you up. And then when you're done speaking, we tuck you gently back down into the audience because it just makes it easier for us who are modding to see who we're talking to on stage. But you can raise your hand again if you have another thought off of someone else's share or something entirely new comes up that you want to raise up while we have the time together. We'll bring you right back up. And please definitely chat in the chat that um, is communal to us all because we have wonderful conversation going at the same time in the room. And oftentimes things in the chat will spark the direction that we go in while we're up on stage. And we do try and answer questions that are written in the chat. In that chat, please don't advertise. This is a very safe space while we do have replays on. People who come in here know that um, those people that are up on stage are trustworthy and that we hold you with respect, that we respect the conversation that goes on between people. And we'd like to keep that respect by not, you know, taking away with distractions about trying to get business. So please follow that rule. And to come up on stage, we usually like to see um, you connected to either Instagram or Twitter and definitely to have something written in your bio slash profile. And it doesn't even have to be big. You could say writing in bio, LOL, and we'd bring you up. But we just have to know that you're real and not a bot, not a piece of a, you know, kind of detrimental coding that's here to harm the space in the room. And so um, we just wanted to say, um, hold on to your hats because the conversation's just getting started. And if you've never spoken in a room, this is a really beautiful room to do it in. And we'd love to have you come up and um, add something in. Even if you're just saying, hey, I just wanted to tell you, Paul, I agreed with what you said and I've seen that in my own life. That could be enough. But to practice speaking on um, a stage is a really great way to break free of a limiting belief we have about ourselves and the kind of difference we can make even on such a thing as a virtual room like this. So with that, Paul, I'm gonna pass the mic back to you. Excellent job. Thank you so much, Michelle. And I'm gonna pass the microphone right over to Dr. Amy. If she's there, Dr. Amy. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. My daughter's name is very, very close to that. It's A-I-M-E-E. -E. Uh, Dr. Amy, are you there? No, she doesn't seem to be there. So we're going to skip right over to Ginny, and then we'll come back to to the doctor. Ginny, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Paul. Yep. Hi, Michelle. Uh, hi. Hi. I have some questions, um, two, actually. One is when you watch someone self-sabotaging, and you, you, you know what I mean? When you stand back and you're watching someone from outside, and you see what they're doing, uh, and you can't get to them and say, I'll tell you one guy is my hairdresser. He is a wonderful hairdresser. He is absolutely incredible, but he is self-sabotaging himself about, he can cut hair, but he doesn't understand business. He's very negative. He needs to make more money. He wants to make more money. I have many ideas, but he is so negative and so he's uh, angry. And I'm watching this and I went to him yesterday and it was so uh, upsetting that I, I, I'm thinking, no, I, he has to cut my hair because I have, have problem hair, but I, I'm having trouble thinking, how am I going to go to him? And, and because 
my energy and my desire is um, to help people. I've done masterminds. I have videos that would help him to increase. He wants to make more money. He lives with his 78-year-old mother, and he doesn't want to live with her, but he doesn't have the money. He wants to make money, but he's not doing anything. So, to- Jenny, Jenny, I'm just going to interrupt. Interrupt. So, is, yeah. the, is the question that you want to ask, how do we approach someone that we feel that we might be able to help? Right. And, okay. and someone I'm using, I mean, he's my hairdresser. So do I want to go to him and never talk again? Do I want to change hairdressers because I don't want to deal with listening to him complain about his situation without doing it? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start the conversation um, with this, is that there, there's clearly you care about this this hairdresser. You care. Yes. Yes, you care very deeply. There's nothing. I And my moderators, you are welcome to jump in on this conversation. But as far as I can see, when we approach someone that we care about in a loving way, and we just say, we ask permission, would you mind if I made an observation about what I see um, here? And would you mind if I would would give you a little bit of what I, I think? Um, that is a great way of starting a conversation and, and just remembering that they're going through their own trauma and our words are the tone of our voice, the words that we use. um, You don't have to look at that. If he says, no, I don't want to hear from you. I'm good with this or whatever, or why did you even open your mouth, whatever, then you don't have to take anything personally. But when you approach someone and say, and ask for permission, like, I'm, I, and you may even want to start off. One of my bosses used to do Paul, this. Paul, can I interrupt you? I have done that, and he has said you haven't told me anything. You know what I mean? You and I, I'm not, I'm not upset with him at all. But I'll tell you, I may be four, but my head is still that of an entrepreneur, and I still see, I still see all the possibilities. He, so it's, I'm not insulted or intimidated or enmeshed, and I'm just frustrated that he is so good and has so many capabilities, but he doesn't understand the basic thing of like the customer is always right. And you don't say certain, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just maybe venting my frustration that here's somebody that has the capability and the ability to be really, to have one of those places where I got you. I I, I really got you, Jenny. And it sounds like you've already had that conversation, but he's closed to to listening or to making any changes. Would I be correct on that? Okay. Michelle, Michelle, I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah. Hey, Jenny. I'm so glad you're on the stage. Jenny is with me. Gosh, so many days of the week. She pops into the Achievers Breakfast Club and um, always a contribution too, by the way. Um, and I'm glad that hopefully I can give back today, Ginny, because I understand exactly what you're up against. And you're right, it has first level effects, second level effects, third level effects. And I, I can hear you thinking about those. You know, the one thing I wanna say is that when someone's self-sabotaging their thoughts, their actions, their emotions, their behaviors, it's preventing them from achieving that goal that they say they really want in life. It's often because 
they have an internalized conflict between their conscious and unconscious desires. So that keeps them stuck. They can't really, they're not enabled yet to move forward out of their, what I'm going to call, it's their comfort zone, self-imposed, right? Um, and usually it's because they already have gotten to that place. They've already gotten to that place where they feel that feeling, what it feels like when we feel a little bit insecure or a little bit like our worthiness isn't up to full steam. And that feeling of sort of being, uh, you know, faking it till you make it, uh, uh, that makes them think that if they avoid movement at all, that it'll allow them to feel in control. So you know that they're just getting in their own way and you know when you care about someone that our, it's usually our initial reaction to, to try and engage and help and support. But the thing is, is that already you can see he's taking up some of your um, beautiful energy right now because he, in a way, have crossed a boundary. You've, uh, you allowed him to cross a boundary because you care because you're a giver. You're a giver, Ginny. But here's the thing. I think that the that you did exactly what you could do, right? Um, you stood up for your own integrity by not withholding. So you didn't compromise your integrity. He sees that. So it's kind of like when someone's drowning and and I was a lifeguard, I've let my lifeguard um, certificate go, but I have been a lifeguard up until just recently. We learn a certain way to save someone because when that person's drowning and you show up as the thing that's still afloat, their survival instinct kicks in so strong that they try and grab onto you, which can pull you under. So lifeguards have to learn a very special hold, a way of coming up and over the person so you can control their arms so they can't pull you down. And so, you know, in a way, what you're looking for is a way um, to tell him what you need to tell him, take responsibility, right, um, for the situation and encourage him, support him, you know, positive reinforcement, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's you're saying, I think I'm feeling like I might want to put a boundary up because the harm that could come to me is that this this very delicate relationship could be ruined. Because if I tell him something again, he might get pissed off. Yeah. If I, yeah, if I like just leave, then I'm going to feel like I am the bad guy or that, you know, yes. he might being so sensitive that might make him even worse and yes. then I'm going to feel even worse right I get it I get it because see now and he's, he's a good hairdresser yeah and he's a good hairdresser so so the opportunity could just be to say you know have a like very seriously you know just kind of grab his hand and say you know what I've been so concerned about you um and I don't know how to resolve your issue and I'm like wondering if we could just put it in a box for the next hour and a half and yes. you and I just enjoy each other because, you know, I do so enjoy you and I love your haircuts, but it's like, we'll both end up being sad at the end of this <laughs> if we focus the, on the it. So let's focus on something else. You're, yeah, you're right. And that's exactly why. Yes, he actually drove me. I've taken him out to lunch. He actually drove me home yesterday. And Brilliant. he realized that was 
I was upset, so I can't. I but I I know better than to react, not to pick up the phone, not to call. You know, I knew better to stop and think before I did the next right thing. And uh, so I I sat here and I thought about that. That I thought we're just going to have to go back to just a friendly. But as as I said, it's kind of my fault because my head never stops thinking of ways to have another flow of it. You know, my head is always thinking of, well, you can do this, this, and this. You know what I mean? I can't, I can't turn that part of me off. And people don't understand with a person this old that I am that aggressively, you know, I'm, uh, anyhow, let me, let me ask you my other question and I'll, I'll make it quick. There are some people that on Clubhouse that have raised such red flags with me that I have gone and I'm always checking on things, fact checking, I Google stuff. And I've looked up some people's histories and things and they have raised such red flags with me, but they're big deals. And I just am wondering about that, you know, that there are some people on Clubhouse that are, are sending out a message and I don't see how people don't see some of the things they say are impossible. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you, do you get that? I mean, I, I, I've been on almost a year now and I've been listening. I talk a lot, but I listen a lot and I look at profiles a lot and their profiles, what they say and how they sound all mean something to me. Or maybe I'm an overthinker or over something or well, Jenny, Jenny, you're not an overthinker. Um, but before we get to that question, I'm going to turn the microphone over to Candice, who wanted to just add a little bit more uh, to your original uh, struggle. So, Candice, uh, and then we'll we'll address the other question. Thank you, Paul. Hi, Jenny. Thanks so much for being here and for um, you know sharing. I I can't hear you. Can you? Okay. Can you hear me better now, or no? A little, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm having some challenges with my audio. Is that all right? Yeah, I can. Yep, you're coming in. Okay, thanks. Uh, Jenny, what I just wanted to share was I think we, we've all probably can relate to being in situations where we've had somebody that we care a lot about, that we've seen some self-sabotaging behaviors, and all we want to do is sort of help correct and, and um, you know, help remove those feelings or behaviors from that person. But as Michelle was speaking about with the lifeguarding analogy, we're not always in a position to be able to do that. The person can be resistant, like it sounds like a bit of your hairdresser. And we have to learn to not take that personally and be okay with where that person is and, and what help or support they want at that time. And it comes back to recognizing what's in our control and what's not in our control. What we can control is the support and the love that we show to the person. What we can't control is, you know, when or how they choose to accept it. And so I just wanted to put that out there. And if your hairdresser isn't in a position yet where he's able to receive that support, something you can do is just continue to show empathy and let him know that you care about him, that you're there for him. And when he is ready for some help, then he, you know, it's up to him to then come back to you. So I just wanted to that, add that. That sounds Thanks, good. John. You know, he's, he's very bitter because of his youthful experiences. He's very bitter about some things and he doesn't see that. So I will do, I will take your advice and 
see my your first instincts like my I was very upset, but then I I started to think, and thank God I do that because sometimes I open my mouth. Uh, I'm from New Jersey. I'm Italian, and I'm my mouth sometimes opens and my head doesn't. You know, it just comes out. But I was very quiet. I'm learning to be quiet and and think that his situation is not mine. And I, but I want him, what I want for people in business is to be successful. And my, I owned a travel agency for 25 years and I had to go through things in order to win. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. Well, thank you, Jenny. That, that really helped a lot. So um, that question has been dealt with and I hope that uh, the advice that you've been given is going to be helpful. I think it will be. Let's talk about Let's talk about the other thing. And my signal is going in and out. So uh, bear with me and just uh, flash your mics if you can't hear me. But when we, when you jump on a, a platform like Clubhouse, there's people from all walks of life, good people and bad people that, that have access to this wonderful platform. Some of them are uh, really, they are imposters. And, and what I mean by imposters, they don't have your best interest in mind. They have their very own. And they may say something in their profiles that are complete lies. And, and we've heard, uh, I've heard in this room and in others where people have been taken for money. Uh, others uh, have, have professed to be coaches and they've taken people's money. What you're doing, Jenny, you're reading people's backgrounds and you're doing your due diligence to find out if they are who, in fact, they say they are. And there's only so much that we can do in that in, in that area. But I like that and I applaud you for doing that. I think profiles are important. Uh, we look at profiles before we invite people up. And this is why uh, when Michelle or King or, or anyone is resetting the room, they make sure to include have something in your profile that we can check out. Maybe, you know, you're, you're on Twitter or maybe you're on Instagram. We know that you're a human being. But when we jump into a room, and, and this is where that leave quietly button works so well, I've jumped into rooms that did not resonate with me. There were angry things being said. There were names being called. There were people that were made to feel inferior. And that's not the kind of room that I want to be in. I don't want to be seen in a room like that. And many of them have replays on and they, if they see you there for a long period of time, they're going to draw a conclusion. may not be the right conclusion, but people do that. They draw a conclusion. Hey, Paul was in this room. He must like that kind of conversation. Well, that's not who I am. So I'm going to leave quietly. But I think it's important, Jenny, that we do our due diligence, check people out. And if we're going to, and King says this, and Michelle says this when they reset, is that reach out if you're interested in what someone's profile says. Reach out to them on their Instagram and their private message. See if you can get a chat going to see if there is a connection between people. On this platform, and I'm speaking for myself, I have, and I know that I'm speaking for other people, I've met some amazing people and I've seen them in person. I've met some of the people in this platform across, you know, in another country. I've gone to meet them and it's just a wonderful thing. You can make great relationships in this room and it, it starts with checking their profiles out and making some inquiries, maybe reaching out and saying hello. 
So I think that what you're doing, Ginny, is is great. Uh, I do believe it. It's part of critical thinking. Don't take everybody's word uh, for being the word. Uh, ask questions. And Jenny, I'm going to turn it over to you, but then we're going to have to get on moving on. Okay, thank you. I appreciate everything everybody said. And and I am kind of an overthinker in that I want other people to do. I always say that read people's profiles and listen to what they say. Does that combine with their profiles? Google. Facebook, you know, check all that. And, and I'm a nut about that. I am a nut. I admit that. And thank you very much. You can move me down. <laughs> you bet. Thank you, Jenny. I appreciate you. And I really appreciate the conversation that you brought up. You brought up some great points. And I thank you. I am going to move you into the audience uh, just to get going. And Dr. Amy, I, um, I understand that you had difficulties with your microphone, but you're now on. So it's over to you. <laughs> yes, thank you, Paul. Um, good to good to be here again. Um, so uh, I wanted to acknowledge, first of all, um, you know, uh, uh, the coaches, the moderators here, and then also share an example of how I'm using uh, some of how I'm inspired and using some of uh, you, the wealth of knowledge you guys have been sharing. That's that's excellent. If we can keep it to about three or four minutes, uh, so okay. we can get on, that'd sure. be fantastic. But thank you yeah, for that. Sounds yeah, exciting. yeah. Right. So just uh, first, uh, you know, big, big round of acknowledgement for each of your different styles of moderation. Um, you know, Paul King, Michelle, um, uh, Candice, uh, Dr. Norman, Dr. Allison, who's not here, Glenn, you know, each of you have really uh, uh, have a, a amazing style. And I don't know if uh, uh, moderators get acknowledged enough. And I just wanted you to know that. Um, and uh, yeah, so the example uh, that I wanted to share was that um, I was, uh, you know, so coaches also need um, help. <laughs> and sometimes uh, we think we've got it, right? So we can help other people. I'm a, I'm a communication coach. I help other people. But uh, when it comes to myself, my personal issues, sometimes um, I can, uh, like what Jenny was saying, I can make them a little more complicated. And then um, I can develop uh, some resistance to it or overcomplicate things. Um, so this morning uh, I was ha having one of that kind of bout of um, a lot of things coming together and overwhelming. Um, so uh, as I was listening to Paul, um, you know, I was also kind of asking myself, what, um, you know, what do I need to do here? And there were some things that I just owned here that um, number one is to, you know, not give away my power. I mean, I, I do know myself better than anyone else. And, and this applies to everyone that we can be our own coach, uh, you know, in the matters of wherever we are sabotaging. Um, so I, I decided that that's it. I'm, I'm going to go for it, you know nail some of these issues and um and really uh uh look deeper into it and um what i'll be doing i mean sort of just um uh you know take them on uh with my own uh sort of uh deeper understanding of myself and and as i'm doing it like with a new level of accountability uh, but also remembering to be gentle and self-accepting wherever that old three-year-old or five-year-old shows up because yeah we're all works in progress uh so um what i've decided is to kind of put a target deadline and working towards my 
fiftieth birthday coming up, you know, in a in a while. Uh, but that gives me time to then walk towards this, um, you know, hop, jump, and skip towards uh, that fifty in a healthy, happy, and empowered way. Um, and that's that's kind of the uh, far target. And what I've decided to do is just uh, own um, all these different. Um, goals and knowing that what activities I need to do, make it very simple. And I listed that as you were speaking, Paul, I have that plan. And uh, the the way to do this is going to be to track every day. And uh, today's was one example. I identified the issue, identified the way, and decided to go for it. And, um, you know, and I've started that work. Uh, so I guess that's um, really what I wanted to say and also be very intentional in the communication, internal dialogue, external dialogue, to be very mindful of the energy that I'm inviting or um, giving space to uh, so that I can really focus on on these things that have been long struggles and really get to be free of them. Um, so that's it. I'm Dr. Remy and I'm complete. Dr. Remy, uh, oh, good. Candace, go ahead. Thank you. I just wanted to say congratulations on the share and, you know, you're just showing such a high level of emotional intelligence and I love the self-awareness that you shared with us and, um, you know, the goals that you're creating for yourself and I wanted to just share the SMART goal approach and I'm not sure, you know, you touched on some of the elements of it, but SMART goals really are about specific goals, making them measurable having them action-oriented, being realistic, and having timelines in place. And you've definitely touched on some of those key elements. So creating those types of SMART goals for yourself, Dr. Amy, are going to help you to be successful in achieving them. And really, I just wanted to say congratulations for the self-awareness and for the intentional um, decision to, to put these things in place for yourself and to invest in yourself in this capacity. So that's absolutely awesome. Yes, thank you. Uh, just to kind of add to that dialogue, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm a health science professor, so SMART goals is like our bread and butter. We really teach that and, uh, you know, abide by that in our clinical work. That being said, it's very interesting. My own personal uh, way of thinking, SMART goals um, ha has held me back in the past because I've become too um, OCD about it. I've become too strict and then I feel um, upset when I'm not being really, you know, on them. So that's why, you know, this trial and error is helping me uh, realize that, well, you know, that approach is not working where this three-year-old is taking the wheels of the car. So I'm going to have to be gentle and encouraging and appreciating, um, you know, every stride forward and, and tracking it, you know, in my little journal every day, even on those days where it's not good, it's still just showing up and tracking and becoming aware of those shadows, that's progress. So I mean, that's, that's the approach I want to take this time, but I do appreciate, you know, um, that insight. That's excellent. Thank you. Michelle. Yeah, I, first of all, um, I just want to make sure that I pronounce your name right. Is it Ami? Ami. Yeah, yes. Ami. Yeah. You know, so I just want to say thank you for coming up and um, owning where you are, uh, which is always a vulnerable thing to do. And at the same time, such a actual 
experience of strength. And I just want to say in my own life, in my everyday, I am often in the question. Uh, I am constantly checking in. I'm constantly saying, am I present? You know, what am I choosing? Um, you know, how am I being? Am I centering myself? Am I taking steps towards that experience that I am choosing to create for my day? And so, you know, I think you're in such a healthy place because, uh, well, as at least as healthy as I am. Uh, and I think that that's all we can do. Is, number one, I think being conscious, being awake, living awake is one of the most powerful choices uh, so that that day when we last put our head on the pillow, uh, you know, we, we feel okay. You know, I've chosen well. I've made, you know, my best choices that I could. And, you know, where we haven't, we learn. And, you know, so I just wanted to say that I'm right there with you, sister. And um, I appreciate that you're sharing where you are. And I think it's fabulous that you're doing it as setting goals for 50, because I'm telling you the 50 club is fabulous. <laughs> um, and, and it is that time. It's that time where we really say, hey, let me take ownership of who I am. Let me, let me now, you know, own my sovereignty. And I love to use that word sovereign because uh, to me, I get goosebumps when I say it because it really is about recognizing the supreme worth that we have and the influence and power and authority and peace that comes with knowing that. And I think all, you know, all, all conscious thoughts, uh, all questions of ourselves, all goals that we're setting um, in during this time frame, are are um, are really owning uh, that treasure, owning owning our place. Uh, and so I just wanted to salute you, and thank you for coming and um, for reminding me once again uh, why I come to this room, which is to remember my own place in the sun as well. So thank you. Thank you, Michelle. That was very insightful. And I feel uh, definitely between all of your shares, I, I feel uh, gotten and supported. And, uh, and I feel like I have a place to play with the, uh, with the, with the Titans. <laughs> no, oh, definitely. You, yeah, you certainly do. And I, I really appreciate your share as well. And uh, thank you for recognizing the moderators. That was very kind. It's so very true that sometimes, uh, even though we have the skills of helping other people get to where they want to be, when it comes to doing the work on ourselves, we might feel that that we need more work than they do. Um, I felt that in the past as well, and it felt like I was slapping myself in the face. Why can't I handle what it is that I'm helping other people handle until I realized that I could? And it, it, it required a shift in my mind. And I, when I was looking at making those improvements in my life, would write it down in a journal, what's working and what's not working. And in the role of a coach, 
if you go through something that's difficult and you improve that, if you get over what it is that you were challenged with, imagine bringing that into a coaching session with someone who may be struggling with the same thing and using yourself as an example, being vulnerable as you have been. Because when we find the key to our own struggles, how to eliminate those things in our life, then we can share that key with other people. And I think it's our responsibility to do that. Uh, that prompted me for starting this room. There are times that we are far too hard on ourselves. We slap ourselves in the face and it hurts because, oh, geez, this is so frustrating. I'll never get there. You let your ego, whatever it is, or you just have this doubt in yourself. It's so vitally important that we just recognize we're going to get there and take some of the stress off. Because if we're thinking too hard about the, you know, setting this goal and reaching this goal and doing this and doing that in a particular time frame and it's not working out, then we sabotage ourselves by saying, see, told you it was going to happen. And the, you know, the, the mind just takes over there. Your subconscious mind starts to act against you because if you tell your conscious mind that you're not going to reach your goal, your subconscious mind is going to do everything within its power to make sure that you don't. So the idea is that we are kind and love ourselves and say, I'll get there. I'm moving. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to take it one day at a time. I'm going to go to the gym or whatever it is. I'm using the gym as an example because people see progress after they have done the work over a period of time. It's the same thing with us, is that if we identify an area in our life that requires work and we start the work and we don't give ourselves excuses for not doing it, we, we remain consistent and we document those things that we are actually uh, improving on. Imagine using that in your next coaching session. And I, I coach someone who I have recommended this to, and that person has done the work and is now able to share uh, their struggle with their coaching client. So I think it's amazing. Um, anyone else uh, from the coaching or coaching from the uh, moderation want to say anything? And I see that Eleni has joined us as well. But um, did that help, Dr. Amy? Yes, uh, yes, very comprehensive, Paul. I, I love that. Um, yeah, all these ideas are wonderful and gives me one more uh, reason to fight the good fight. <laughs> so thank you. You bet. And thank you very much for being here. I'm just going to move you back into the audience. But what a great conversation. And it's so true. One of the things that came out for me, too, is that a lot of things that have happened to us in our past can creep into our present and uh, the reference to the three-year-old child, what we went through as a child, uh, can come back to haunt our present days. And uh, thanks, Michelle, for that, you know, hugs and kisses. But we have to go back and just kind of examine it for what it is. It's something that is in the past. Whatever it is that happened to you in the past may have also happened for you, may have brought you to the person that you are today. But to go back and revisit our haunts, the things that have hurt us in the past, does no good for us now. We have to look at it and say, okay, that's past, and it doesn't define who I am. Uh, for example, and I'm going to give that, that little bit of a, a warning that I'm going to be talking about child abuse, 
Um, so I'll give you a moment to step out of the room if that uh, is a trigger for you. But when it comes to my own past, having been uh, really tortured by a father, uh, taken to places I never should have been brought to, uh, locked in trunks, um, a number of other things that I will not go into. But if I had allowed that abuse to define who I am, I would not be here today in this room. I would likely be in jail or dead. Uh, I, if I had allowed the things of my past to define who I was, then I would not have amounted to anything because I would have believed the lies. I would have felt like a victim forever and I would not have come into my own self. And this is something that I want everybody to think of. Your past does not define your future. Your past does not define who you are today. You do that. You do that. Nobody tells you you're not good enough. You are the one who has to tell yourself that you are. Well, I am statements. I am not my past. I am powerful. I am worthy. These are the things that we have to tell ourselves and continuously because life out there ain't easy and it's going to be hard, but that does not mean that we can't survive it. Michelle talked about things that we could control. We have to focus on the things that we can control, not on the things that we can't control. We can control what we tell ourselves. We can control our actions. We can be easy on ourselves when things don't go right. And if we tried and said, okay, well, I didn't quite make it this time, it's all right because you can make it next time and you're going to keep working at it. So that's my little spiel on that. And uh, I want, yes, go, go ahead. Yeah, I'm Elvin. I'm, I have been missing from the group for a while and I'm very happy to listen to your shares and thank you. I appreciate the vulnerable shares and I believe that, yeah, self-talk can be empowering or it can be disempowering that what we say to ourselves makes a great impact. And yeah, I've, um, I'm a marathon runner and I'm excited to be starting a chapter in my life this year. Did anyone just lose Elvin? Sorry. Sorry. Oh, you're back. That again? I couldn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the group. I can hear you now, but you cut out before. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe my signal isn't, uh, isn't great right now. I'm, yeah, in a, been in personal development world for a while. I used to be a nurse and yeah, coming my healthiest, best life. And I'm glad that mental health isn't as much of a stigma anymore as before. I mean, when I was growing up, when I was younger, I was born in the Philippines, lived in Seattle, Washington state. Um, my family was in the military. My husband, he was, I'm a widow. He died from liver cancer. And so I familiar with the military lifestyle. And now that, you know, my two kids are both in college, I have a daughter in Johns Hopkins Uni University studying public health. I'm, I'm grateful that um, past have become a, a point where I can grow from them and that, yeah, the, the past does not define us. I strongly believe in that. And now going into grief coaching, I'm in grief coaching and 
yeah, I've lost um, nine years ago, three people I love, including my deceased husband and my godmother. And I believe that um, we have the power to turn our life around. It's just a matter of um, being courageous and vulnerable to take that stand and ask for support. Because before, when I was younger, it wasn't, my mom was more like, if you can handle it yourself, we can, you know, handle it as a family. And that was, when I was younger, that was her attitude and it shifted. And as from what she learned from, um, she was in accounting. And yeah, and like when I grew up, it's it's important to ask for support when you can move faster from whatever um, obstacles you face because either from um, a support group and I, I feel that there's so much support out there. It's just a matter of a person willing to say, look, I'm ready to take on a full life and that might take longer if I do this myself or it can be faster with a coach with a support team that will enable me to get to my healthiest, best life. And yeah, that's why I believe in groups where we can empower each other and support each other with tools um, like, yeah, journal, journaling. And I still got to get more making it daily once, you know, maybe once or twice a week, I forget. And so maybe I just got to think of a better system where I remind myself that it gets to be daily because it does empower me to journal and yeah, what other practices do you uh, feel that empowers you? Me, it's also running, though. When when your routine. I, I, I sorry, I, I don't want to cut you off, but um, can you land your plane in a little bit, uh, just because we have a, a tight um, timeline? Okay. But uh, go ahead, give us a couple more ideas, and then we'll give you a couple of ideas. Okay, yeah, um, that deep breathing practices. Um, I have a few friends that got into breath work and yeah, the, there's a Qigong deep breathing practice I do most daily and meditation. So those two in combination, when I do practice them consistently, it does give me more focus. And yeah, what are your thoughts on, do you, Pills for vitamins and new supplements is also helpful for me. So like those food is also in social media. So I'm just more mindful too of what, um, what I pay attention to online. So that's, those are like meditation and grounding my feet on, on the earth is also a great practice that helps me focus. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Okay. Um, who would like to get started from my moderators? Anyone get, want to get started? I can. Uh, Michelle, I see that you unmuted. I'm going to give it to you and then I'll, I'll join well, in. I want to thank Elvin for different ways she's found um, to make the most of her life, especially coming from loss, uh, to be able to transcend uh, a grieving period and still move forward with our life. Um, a lot of, there's no easy recipe to that. Uh, just as, you know, there are, I don't know how many billion, I think it's 7.5 billion people on the planet. All of us have 
um, a different experience of how we uh, feel grief and runs in our life. And I'm happy to hear that, you know, you're focusing on that, Elvin, um, and how you have really like made the most of the life that you have. And I think, you know, when you said meditation and breathing, that really rang a bell for me because I do feel those are such powerful ways to center ourselves and um, get more conscious. And I think in terms of self-sabotage, um, you know, there's there are things we have to know about ourselves, and sometimes knowing about ourselves does come from the things that Elvin mentioned, like journaling, um, breath work, meditation, and breath work. You know, can be all different kinds of breath work uh, experiences. Some of them are ones you you know have to you how to do correctly. Others are ones that you know we just learn through our own. I was going to mention that they did a study um, and they learned that people who uh, are early birds tend to self-sabotage in the morning and people who are, you know, night owls self-sabotage more at night. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because it means that they under, it's not when they were tired. They, they had peak cognitive disposal. And so a lot, so you can say, well, if it isn't from being tired, then what it's from. And um, Elvin was mentioning that like things that she has these goals and she is aligning her behavior towards those goals um, by doing the running, by doing the journaling, by grounding your feet, by doing the breath work, by knowing the things that short circuit you. So Elvin mentioned, you know, that maybe her area that she's working on is focus. And, um, and so I just wanted to, to say that, you know, even when we are focused, we can still self-sabotage. So we just have to really look at a bunch of questions. Um, like, do we feel uneasiness or discomfort when we make progress? And, you know, um, is this discomfort from fear of failure or is it from feeling different from our peers, feeling exposed because we're now not with everybody but our heads like a foot higher um is is this uncomfortableness uh, uh uncomfortable because you're feeling success and it's been a while since you felt it you know are you maybe um unused to achieving more than you're used to right so what do you do to adapt to that right how do you do you have thoughts that you know, if you do more or achieve more, do you think that the success is better than you deserve? Are there um, patternings of beliefs and thoughts and assumptions like Elvin mentioned with her mom um, that come from our childhood and to just note those and write those down? And I bring all of this up just as a reflection to what Elvin said, because, you know, uh, I think we make ourselves wrong sometimes for the self-sabotages that occur for us, even when we have our list of things we do to help ourselves out. And sometimes it's also because there's like cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance is when people, um, basically you have two conflicting ideas at the same time. So if you're going to marry somebody who's awesome, but you come yourself from a dysfunctional family, um, you know, therefore, there's some part of you that doesn't believe in a stable, loving marriage, yet you're still, you know, 
going to get married. And then what happens is you, um, you know, you end up self-sabotaging and maybe missing, you know, uh, being late for your own wedding or, you know, causing issues. And it's because there's a cognitive dissonance. And so sometimes I think um, the work is to be grace, gracious with ourselves, forgiving with ourselves. Um, as we move forward into these uncharted territories of breaking free from self-sabotage, to just be awake and aware and listening to what's going on within you, uh, so chronicle that, so that you have a chance to say, okay, I'm in a new and uncomfortable position of actually breaking free of self-sabotage. Let's write down what I'm experiencing so if I feel this way the next time, I can just understand it for what it is, a natural a natural way I feel things or I see things or I think things as I'm moving towards a healthier sense of who I am. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up because Elvin made me think of it. And Elvin, I really thank you for speaking so eloquently and sharing so much. With that, Mike, back to you, Paul. Thank you. I too want to thank Elvin for bringing that up. A couple of thoughts that I have is, and, and I've said it in this room before, is that how do we set our days? Do we set them intentionally or do we just let them unfold the way that they do? And if we if we just take life as it comes without giving it much thought, then we are more susceptible to be challenged, more acceptable to allow other people to upset us, whatever it is. If you just, you, you, the night before you go to work, many of us will set our clothes out. We have a, we have a routine. I'll set my clothes out and I have my breakfast in the morning, take my shower, whatever it is, whatever order you do it, you throw your clothes on and then you, you jump out, you grab the subway, grab the bus, drive, whatever it is to get to work and you let the day happen. You don't take the time to decide how the day is going to work out for you. And this is what I mean by that. You spend more time picking out an outfit to clothe your external body, but you don't do the same for your mind. You don't step into your mind and go into the closet of your mind because we do have a closet in our mind. We have a couple. The way I see it is you're walking down this aisle on the left side of your brain or whatever you want to call it. There is a dark closet and it has a number of different articles and things that you don't want to be wearing. You don't want to be wearing loss, sadness, regret, anxiety. You don't want to go into that closet. You want to pick the more brilliant side of your brain, that one that has the closet filled with garments of hope, love, faith, and nobody's going to piss me off today. You pick those attitudes to wear. You take a few moments when you wake up to feel grateful and to speak gratitude. Thank you. I have another day on the surface of this, this earth. I have a, a, a roof over my head. I have people I love. I have a job to go to. Whatever it is that you're grateful for, take a few moments in the morning to be grateful. I know Michelle runs a gratitude room every day. You may want to jump into her room and just take a few moments to say, I'm grateful for, or do it on your own. Then walk into that closet of your mind and say, today I pick hope. Today I pick faith. Today I pick servitude. I am going to knock it out of the ballpark. That's when you stand in front of the mirror or wherever you want to. And you look at yourself 
And you may even want to use your name in the third party and just say something like, Paul, today is going to be an amazing today. A day. Today you're going to knock it out of the ballpark. And then you may want to use I am statements. I am strong. I am, I am fantastic. Whatever it is that you want to say to yourself and then step into the person you want to be. And I just heard this, I, I go to YouTube a lot and I, I listen to motivational stuff. I go on a TikTok and I, I try to find people who are motivating and I, I keep their, you know, their accounts in the background so that I can access their stuff. And just this morning, I heard a great speaker talk about, if you don't believe that you are this person just yet, pretend you are and step into that and behave as though you are that great person, you are that loving person, you are this. Now, this is not part of imposter syndrome, it's not. It's, it's stepping into a role that you then become. It's like being an actor. I wanna be this great person, I wanna be this loving person, I wanna be this, so you step into that role, you do it until it becomes a, a, a trigger for you in your mind that says you are that person because you are telling me you're that person, the brain's gonna say, yes, you are. And the brain is gonna treat you accordingly. Those are my thoughts. Start your day off intentionally and watch your, 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 your physical and your mental development. Be careful what you feed your body, be careful what you feed your mind. And for me, I go, as I said, almost every day to YouTube, inspirational. I listen, I listen to something inspirational. I've always got notes going on because I want to make this part of my life. And for um, Elvin, uh, I do have an app that uh, I, I put my, I guess my, my things to do and every day it pops up to remind me. So if you're, if you put something that will come up every day at a, at a certain time, like right in your journal, then it pops up on your phone and it reminds you, hey, wait a minute, you got to write in your journal. And I know mine says workout. I have a workout five days a week, Monday to Friday, and it pops up every time. And I'm not happy until I can check that off. I see that little indicator, that little, that little red circle there. And it says, hey, you got to do something here today. And oh, what is it today? Oh, yes, it's my workout. Then when I do my workout, I click it off and I feel better about it. So that's just a couple of thoughts. Uh, anyone else? All right. Uh, Elvin, thank you for sharing and, and for being here. I hope that that helped. Can anybody hear me? I hear you, Paul. Okay, thank you. All right, I'm just going to move Elvin back to the audience. But um, folks, I, I'm a true believer that setting our day off with intention and not being hard on ourselves, just choosing how we want to respond to life is so important. The discussion about what we tell ourselves. We have these, these narratives that we tell ourselves. We're a good person, we're not good. Whatever the narrative is, we need to examine that. We need to listen and, uh, and to listen to what is being said to us by ourselves. And if it needs to be changed, if it's outdated, then we need to change it. Nothing changes if nothing changes. If you're not willing to make the changes, you're going to stay where you are. If you're not willing to put in the work, you're going to stay where you are. How you see yourself is so important because how you see yourself is how others are going to see you as well. 
I talked about that energy earlier. If you see yourself as someone who is undesirable or someone who uh, doesn't, isn't worthy, that's the energy you're going to project to the world. And if, is that what you want to do? Do you want to project a, a low energy to the world or do you want to project an energy, a high energy, one of confidence, one of courage, one that you are amazing because you are. It's what you tell yourself and how you behave after you tell yourself what you choose to believe. That's the big one. So I'm all for that kind of stuff. And thank you for listening. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Shambra on stage and I'm going to turn the microphone over to her. Dr. Shambra. Hello. I'm not familiar with Clubhouse and how one speaks. Um, but thank you for the room. And so um, I'm a life coach and also a licensed psychologist and a trauma therapist. And one of the things that I am keeping in the forefront when I'm trying to uh, help people is to how do I minimize myself and not cause trauma? Sometimes those of us who are help helpers sometimes cause more trauma for people. And so I'm always like, how do I shrink? How do I take myself out of it, not make it about me? And so, you know, we know that the core of trauma is shame. So sometimes it might be in my policies and the things that I say to people, how do I make sure that I'm not re-traumatizing people that choose to come to me for help? And one of the things is that as a helper, I have to make sure that I'm not a savior. <laughs> which means that the success that the person has is not on me. You know, I would like, I would like to think that I'm helping people. I'm certainly invested in helping people, but I want them to know that the progress that they're made is because they've done the work of they, you know, and sometimes that might be calling me or coming to see me, which is a big step for a lot of people. But I was thinking about this uh, topic, self-sabotage uh, recently, um, I go to a trainer three days a week. And one of the things I said to her was, my goal is to do exercise three days a week. But of course, you know, she wanted to set a weight goal. We have to get on the scale. We have to do all of these things. And so I did set a goal for a weight loss, a particular number. And I've been kind of skirting around that number. And uh, someone asked, well, are you self-sabotaging? She asked, um, because I hadn't been able to get to that number. And I was thinking I've lost 50 pounds. That is good for me, which was not something, like I said, just going to the trainer and exercising was my goal. And I understand that as a trainer, she wants to set a number and she has to have these metrics and, and it's important to her. But I think sometimes she's made me uh, feel some kind of way because I'm not meeting her goals. I'm not meeting her expectations, but I'm meeting my own expectations because if I didn't go to the trainer, I wouldn't exercise. And I have lost weight, which is a great thing because I want to lose weight. But the fact that I have been skirting around three, four pounds around this goal, it just made me think sometimes we as helpers, we self-impose our own goals, our own expectations, our own way of doing things, um, our own way of motivating ourselves. And sometimes people are just 
doing the best they can. They're they're working on it, like Paul said, and um, they're making strides. And maybe I'll meet that goal. Maybe I don't. But I was thinking, I was like, well, I hadn't really changed my eating habits. I still go to the gym. I don't know why I can't get past this three or four pounds. But I hate the fact that that's making me believe that I'm self-sabotaging, but I don't think that I am. I don't, maybe I am, I'm not sure, but <laughs> but it's not important to me. And my point is that as helpers and people who are highly motivated and people who um, know a lot of things, been trained to do a lot of things, really need to make sure that we're not re-traumatizing people who are really trying their best and working on and not, maybe not meeting their own goals or our goals, but they're continuing to come. And so for me as a, a client of mine, I'm like, I haven't seen you in a while, you know, but as soon as you get in here, we're, we're ready to go. I don't need to go through, where have you been? I haven't seen you or, you know, all of that things that bring shame to people because they hadn't come to therapy. That is not necessary. <laughs> they, they showed up this day and we're gonna work on it today. And I'm gonna be just as invested in you reaching your goals as you are. I like that. Uh, Dr. Shambra, you did perfectly um, for not being familiar on how to speak on this platform. You're doing amazing. I am so very grateful that you talked about the shame aspect of it. I spoke about that a little bit earlier, that we go back and we blame and shame ourselves for things that have happened in the past, and, and we, we can't do that. And as far as living up to somebody else's expectations, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. All we need to do is live up to our own. And other people may have our best interests in mind. Yes, they want you to, to lose this, this number. And you've attained this number. And uh, don't feel shame for not attend, uh, uh, reaching the goal that somebody else had. You reached yours. It's time to celebrate what you have accomplished. That's a huge celebration. That's one worth worth applauding yourself for and just understanding that, hey, we can only do what we can do. We can only control the things that are within our control. And if it means that it's going to be three or four pounds off, doesn't matter. Guess what? We're doing the very best we can. Let's celebrate that we're doing that. It's not like you've dropped everything. You've gone and you've bought, you know, 15 cakes and you're going to just eat the whole thing in one sitting because you accomplished that. No. You know exactly where you're going. You know exactly what you want and celebrate those wonderful uh, accomplishments. I think that that's amazing. Uh, King, Candace, Michelle, do you have anything that, and Lenny, do you have anything that you would like to add? Any, anyone? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanna say thank you for everything that you shared um, because it's such a fine line. It's just, there are so many fine lines in life and um they get exposed in all sorts of ways i think and you know even with ourselves, when we set a goal um you know and it's like in a way for me i can only speak for me like i would be so proud of that 50 mike and and by the way yuck i i, I am inspired because i have i have 59 to lose and i've lost three so far so um you know, so, I mean, it, it's a big deal. Um, but I do know, like, we set a goal for ourselves and we get so close to it. And then, I don't know, it, sometimes is it like a perfectionism gene or is it like just that worry about, is it not enough? Uh, you know, uh, and just even just questioning the question, right, I think is so healthy because it's like, 
that when we just allow that little something that someone says to just kind of creep in and it's not on us it's to your point those of us that are in a way standing for others to feel empowered and to move past the stuff that's shown up in their life i think it's a really fine line and you just gave an example of that where you're a healthy person doing everything you can to have your best life turn out and then you know with one comment um, from someone that you trust who you've built a relationship with who's been standing for you to lose that weight like in a way her stuff got all over your stuff not too much because i can hear you know i mean i think you're in a healthy place with it uh but uh, and that's my assumption it may not be the truth but you know that's what happens and i know it happens to me with my ex-husband um i'll be thinking i'm doing a great job as a mom and then he'll come in and you know say one little line and suddenly i'm like well maybe i better look at it again you know and all of a sudden uh i'm stuck in that old place for me it's an old place uh you know where like i i go into doubt right and question and i think it is healthy to question um but i think just as important is for people like myself to be really careful with how we share what we share who we're sharing with where's their ability to hear what we have to say um how do we land it so that it can sit gently with them and not throw them left or right or sideways and on the other end of it if i'm the receiver how do i take feedback and allow it uh, to stay where it is as feedback and kind of be curious about it engage with it but not necessarily make it my own um, and lastly i just wanted to bring up to thank you about the shame because i think shame has been a very big thing in my life and it's still something i'm learning about uh and i've actually written about it uh to support my own growth and um i think it's it's um something that i am interested in learning more and every time someone comes into this room to talk about it my ears turn up um and so i just wanted to say thank you for for bringing up the shame piece too so i don't know if any of that helped but it was sort of yeah, top yes. of mind. So I thank you for being here. I really do. I hope you'll come back next week because it's so great to have um, people with their wisdom and their perspectives on, especially coming from the profession that you're in um, to share with us. So my mic back to you, Paul. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Shambra, did you want to add anything uh, further? I just love what you said, Paul, about just celebrating small success. And so for some people that is just very small things, but I, you know, I think we are um, not conditioned to do that. And so I'll share a book that is very, I think is very good about uh, Addicted to Misery is the book. It's a very small book and it's usually given out at, for people who have substance use disorder, but um, it, it just talks about how our past traumas don't allow us to recognize and and celebrate small successes because we're just kind of waiting for their other shoe to drop kind of a life 
lifestyle. That's what we've been conditioned as children. But thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Shambra. I'm just going to move you back into the... Uh, oops, oh, wait a minute. Before I do that, it looks like Eleni is unmuted. Hello there. Um, you know, the most important thing in life is to be your best friend. I can't tell people enough. If your best friend was in trouble, you would rush to their aid to be there to comfort them, to lift their spirits, to do everything you can. So remember, be your best friend because you are far more important than that best friend. So unless you can stand in that place to really take care of yourself, don't be hard on yourself. Be mindful what you speak over yourself. You know, the way that you speak to your best friend is how you should speak to yourself. So stand in that place. There's no blame or shame, but just loving and caring and lifting up oneself to find that inner peace in yourself. Thank you, Eleni. Always well said. And thank you, Dr. Shambra. Um, as Michelle said, I hope you join us next week. And uh, thank you for being here. Well, we've come to the end of the room, but Eleni, would you just introduce yourself, please? I wasn't sure whether you could unmute, but it looks like you can. So introduce yourself and then I'll close off the room. Hello, everybody. I'm Eleni. Um, my background is TV and theatre. Um, I'm now an artist, but I've spent many, many years working with brain surgeons and neuroscientists as a sideline and know a lot about how the brain works. And I work alongside uh, one particular charity where we take children from 16 to 24 out of victim into success stories. And really that's what life is about, taking yourself out of that victim into creating your own success. And it really is possible. So um, I'm Eleni and as always here to participate and pour in wherever I can. Thank you, Eleni. And that's wonderful work that you're doing. So very true. We are in control of our thoughts and we have to remind ourselves of that as well, is that nobody can hurt your feelings unless you give them permission to. Why is it that we take things so personally? And this is a question that I have. Why is it that so many of us are afraid of the opinions of others? We're afraid that we are going to hurt somebody's feelings or that somebody's going to hurt ours. And we live in this fear, this, this little bubble of fear. We're afraid of what they're going to talk about uh, us behind our backs, and it's okay. Their opinion of you shouldn't matter to you. All that should matter to you is who you are and be the best version of yourself, not take things so personally. People have their own challenges and they're carrying their own crosses. And sometimes when they say something hurtful to you, it's because they're trying to, they're trying to get rid of what was said to them or how badly they're feeling. And they want to project their, their bad feelings onto you. And it may not be intentional. It may just be just thoughtless. And for us to, to then take that all in and to allow those things to hurt us, it's not doing us any good. Every once in a while, we just have to step back and, and ask ourselves, I wonder where that's coming from. And just say, no, that's not me. Uh, you may be talking about somebody else. You can say this in your own mind. You don't have to say it to them. We don't want conflict. 
But if somebody says something hurtful to you, you may want to take a moment just to analyze what was just said and to take that breath. We, we heard about breath work. It's so important. Take a breath and just ask yourself, I wonder where that came from. And instead of replying with a comment, maybe even asking a question, are you okay? Where did that come from today? Uh, I, I, are, do, you need, do you need to talk? Whatever it is. Remember, it is our life, folks, and time is not guaranteed to anyone. We could be gone in five minutes. We could be here for another 50 years or more. But every moment is precious. So to live our, our lives in the past, to live our lives in blame and shame, to live our lives with regret, or to blame our lives for pa past transgressions that were committed on us is not doing ourselves any service right now. The past is the past. To revisit it and to always talk about it only dredges up the pain that we felt and doesn't allow us to let go. What happened to us in most instances when we were young was not our fault. It was not our fault. And we have to remind ourselves that was not my fault. I was a victim. That was not my fault. I didn't do anything to bring that upon myself. I was a victim of an assault. I was a victim of a sexual assault. I was a victim of this or that. I have to remind myself, I am not to blame for somebody else having done this to me. This is what we have to remind ourselves. So not to live in the past. The future, it's great to plan for. The future is amazing because we get to plan. However, COVID-19 taught us you can make all the plans in the world, but guess what? They may not turn out. It's all right. There are certain things that we can't control. So why focus on the things that we can't control? Let's focus on the moment. In this moment, this is the gift. The present is the gift. We've heard that said, but truly we have to think about it. It really is a gift because in this moment, we get to choose our thoughts. We get to choose our words. We get to choose the people we want to share time with. We get to choose love. We get to choose self-love. Whatever it is, we get to choose. And we must choose the very best for ourselves. It's our life. And to live it to the max is to live it in such a way that when you're on your deathbed, you will not be visited by the ghost of missed opportunities or the ghosts of regret who all stand around your, your bed and say, guess what? You had this wonderful book inside you, or you had this movie inside you, or you had this, this song inside you, or, or this art inside you, and you never did anything because you were afraid of what people would think. You were afraid of, of people not liking it. Yet, take a look at what your life would have been like if you would have done this, if you would have gone for this opportunity, asked this person out, created this, this thing, whatever it is, I do not want to be visited by the ghost of missed opportunities. I want to be visited by the ghosts of rock and roll who surround my bed and say, dude, <laughs> what a ride. That was amazing. All the things that you've accomplished, you did it right. I can't wait for the next round. That's who I want to be surrounded by on my deathbed, not regrets. This is your life. Live it intentionally. And to each and every one of my moderators who have joined me here today, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You guys are amazing. I have got a great moderation team, so I, I invite everybody to come back week after week to listen to these great people and their shares and their perspectives and their assistance and guidance. And to everyone who's come up on stage and who have shared, who have asked questions, 
I appreciate you. It takes a lot of courage to raise your hand sometimes and come up and just open up and be vulnerable, but it's such a gift. What you share with us in this room, you're touching somebody's life in this room as well. Somebody may be going exactly through exactly what you are asking about or that you're sharing with. So your story has helped people in this room. And it's helped us as moderators because we say it every week. We say, whenever we leave this room, boy, this room has helped me. I've got another week and I've been fed. A closed mouth does not get fed. We have to open our mouths and we have to accept what's coming in and to accept only the good things to come in and to rid ourselves of the things that are not. So everyone else who has been in this room as well, uh, in the listening lounge, I thank you as well. I thank thank everybody who shared the room. I see that uh, the room has been shared by Ibrahim and, and Jenny and Michelle and King and Hiromi and Berna. And uh, I thank you guys. I, I thank you so much. And to everyone who's been in the chat, I appreciate it as well. We'll be back next week. And um, let's, um, let's end up with a song. I'm going to turn it over to Michelle to close the room with a song. Over to you, Michelle. Hey, Paul. Okay, I'm going to play a song I just heard the other day, uh, and it's about like community and um, and just something that we sometimes say to each other, especially when we're self-sabotaging. So it's upbeat. It's got some energy. Uh, excuse me while I turn myself into uh, music for sound quality, and hopefully you guys will listen to the not heard it all the way through i heard enough of it to say oh we should play this one day so here we go
Yeah, so come back every week so all of us can help each other to grow and learn. Uh, we really love being here with all of you, and we wish you the best weekend. Thank you, everyone. I am going to say the very, very same thing. Welcome uh, anytime you want to come. I'm just going to end the room in about five seconds. So let's unmute and say our goodbyes And five, four, three, two, one. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 